Welcome to the world of tomorrow. They say the new millennium began the day progress was finished. A domed metropolis of the world's greatest minds. A permanent showcase of American ingenuity. Built on the swamplands of central Florida. In this self-styled city of the future, 50,000 temporary residents live, work, and occasionally die. This episode of The World of Tomorrow is brought to you by TouringPlans.com. And now, Murder in Progress, Chapter 3. I was standing in my apartment having a conversation with a woman who may or may not have been a murderer. I suppose on some technical level, that's true whenever you're standing in your apartment having a conversation. But in this case, the sabermetrics would indicate the WARP on that was a little higher than normal. So Eve, Albie was gone, and you were the only one who saw him in the lab that night. He's not gone. Okay, shrunk beyond the ability of science to detect. Potato, potato. Wait, what? Same thing. Potato. What's a potato? Sachet Synthetics closed the progress department. I was out of a job, and if I didn't find something soon, out of progress. So why'd you stay? You could have moved anywhere. Annie. I was the reason she was here in the first place. She followed me here. I had to at least try to make it work, and... That meant first I had to find any job. Even the Temple of Heaven. Look, Miss Moore, I appreciate the enthusiasm. God knows I've never had a cocktail waitress bring in a four-page resume before. Oh, well, that's just the shortened CV. If you want a list of my publications, I can You're a person who really belongs in progress. I can tell. To be honest, most of my waitresses here, they're more Kissimmee girls, if you know what I mean. Uh, No, what do you mean? They're pretty and dumb. Oh, oh, you're saying I'm not pretty enough? No, I'm sure you turn plenty of heads in the science lab. Robotic. Uh, Sorry, I I engineer robots. Hmm. You're doing very well in those high heels, for what I'm assuming is your first time. Uh, Well, what about a bartender? What about a bartender? Do you need a bartender? You're a bartender? Yes. What's in a Manhattan? Uh, Liquor and... and wine. 
That's technically correct. Technically is the best kind of correct. We have all robot bartenders here. Then I could wash dishes. Robots also wash the dishes. I, I could check coats. We're in the middle of Florida. Look, I can't leave here without a job. I've heard your story. Most people have. If I hire you, I'm going to use that. To be honest, it's your most marketable feature right now. What? It wasn't what everyone thinks. You know, it probably wasn't. But I'm going to tell people it was. But you'll hire me. You know how people say that you remind me of me when I was your age? Uh, yes? You remind me nothing of me. You can train tonight. Oh, thank you so much. Eve, come here. You know what Dorothy Parker once said? No, what? She said, go get yourself a prescription for contacts. Your shift starts at four. It wasn't glamorous, but it paid the bills and let me stay in progress. With Annie. With Annie. The Temple of Heaven wasn't the kind of place you'd mention in a letter back to your wife or mother about your trip to progress. It was officially a historic recreation of the Speakeasy Clubs of Prohibition. Sort of a South Seas club with an oriental exoticism, but it was also an excuse to have a low-key burlesque show in the middle of Progress's business district. I once heard an estimate that a billion dollars in business transactions happened every night there, as the well-heeled and well-lubricated would gather for highly expensive dinner, drinks, and, uh, <clears throat> entertainment. By a number of extensive and stringent regulations, most entertainment and dining venues in progress would have easily found the good graces of a dining party consisting of Emily Post, Andrew Volstead, and Duncan Hines. Like the aerials that its patrons arrived in, the Temple of Heaven seemed to soar above such petty concerns. IMO, the only reason the legal speakeasy was allowed to operate, was because the prices alone kept out the riffraff. But if there's one place in progress, a playboy wunderkind like Liam Crawford would be a regular. So Liam must have been your customer. Liam was everyone's customer. Most of the executives have a waitress they request every time, but Liam was different. Your dining room is ready, sir. Who would you like taking care of you tonight, Mr. Crawford? Who do you have working? Anyone new? Have you heard the story about the technician of temptation? Who hasn't? Why do you ask? So for Liam Crawford, it's a different girl every night, huh? It's not like that. We don't do anything. I was just a waitress. But Liam did seem to appreciate variety. Well, vive la différence, you know. One of the things we were taught was how to deflect. The male customers were mostly well-behaved. Mostly. You learned how to avoid the handsy ones. Then there were the ones who just wanted to take you away from it all. <laughs> They'd ask you out or that sort of thing, so you'd deflect. Let them walk out of there with their pride. But with Liam... With Liam, deflector shields down. Well, they do say he was a bit of a snack. A what? 
Uh, you know, a real ilf, if you know what I mean. Thank you for that one. Yeah. So a simple cocktail waitress with a dark past charmed the Einstein Adonis of progress? Listen, I don't even know what I did, but at the end of my shift, I went back to my locker and... New message from unknown number. Eve, it's Liam. Was a pleasure meeting you. Dinner tomorrow night. You can never tell with the chimes if it's a question or a statement. Would that have made a difference? I resent that insinuation. And no, not in the least. Reply. Does eight o'clock work? Send. Set number identity, Liam Crawford. We started dating. He got me a job as a tour guide at Astute, so I didn't have to work at the Temple of Heaven anymore. He kept promising he was going to find me something in engineering, but it just hasn't... didn't ever happen, I guess. And? And what? That's it. You went on for 45 minutes about a science experiment with the world's smallest fiancé. It was like war and peace. Now we get to the dearly departed Liam Crawford, the most eligible bachelor in progress, who you are dating while he's murdered, and I'm getting the synopsis on the back of the book. I don't know what you're looking for. Uh, something. Anything. I mean, he was working on some precarious technology at AKIP. It was all software, but it had implications that that may not have been good. I'm not sure about anything, but he'd reference things. Ah, is that why you were dating him? Hmm? Because he was the dangerous bad boy of if-then statements? No. Sure. Yeah, it was the infinite while loops that really got your motor going. I just wanted to know more, okay? Look, if you're not going to help me, then maybe- I want to help you. No, wait, that's a lie. Annie wants me to help you, but you gotta meet me halfway. I wasn't even there that night. If you can prove that I wasn't, they'll start looking for someone else, right? Hundo P, that's what we in the biz call an alibi. Okay, where were you? I was at home. Just sitting at home? Yes. The whole time? That's right. Any phone calls? Deliveries? Chimes? I, I, I don't think so. Does your building have, uh, what's that thing called? The, the thing you scan in? Uh, a scanner? Huh. I thought they would have had another word for it. It doesn't, and no. No scanner. Doorman? No. Cameras? No. Where do you live? The intersection of Drug Avenue and Murder Street? No, it's right off of Energy Avenue, uh, 145 No, West. I don't actually need to know. No, wait, hold on. I actually do need to know. I'm gonna go there and see what I can find out. Oh, well, I'm coming. I thought the point was that you were wanted by the law. No, I'm not coming in person. I'm not an idiot. Just hold on a second. What? What's that? No, 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 no. Hey, it's a great idea. No, you are not taking a jeeper. I can pilot it from here. How are you doing that? Little side project I never got around to finishing. It piggybacks off the chime network. I can see and hear, sort of, and send back commands. This is a horrible idea. What could possibly possibly go go wrong? wrong? You see, (laughs) I made him say that. I started asking myself, When you woke up today, Tim, did you think to yourself, you know what sounds fun? Harboring a hunted criminal. Maybe 
just for kicks, had that fugitive take you to her home, accompanied by a murder robot. Murder robot, you'd ask yourself? Yes, I'd reply to me. And if she can modify it to take remote commands like that, she can modify it to murder. It's probably already installed. I looked at that thing in its shiny black eyes. Its apertures adjusted themselves with a little whirling noise. I didn't trust Eve, and I didn't trust Jeepers, so Eve with a Jeeper was literally the worst. There was only a light crowd at the People Mover Terminal, so I hopped aboard as quickly as I could. The Jeepers were slower, and considering that most of them had displayed the intelligence of a solar-powered calculator, they usually had help from the attendant who led them to a separate car. I had the opportunity to sit and think about my situation without the worry that Eve had also installed a short-distance mind-reading chip into the thing. A long-distance chip, and I was screwed either way. I arrived at the Magnolia and Palm Inn. Bit of a bougie name for some seedy apartments that would have to have major renovations before reaching the vaunted status of fixer-upper. The place was so far off the beaten path, I was surprised to see buildings taller than two stories. It must have been one of those early expansions where they leveled an outer neighborhood to make way for higher density housing. Eve was right. As far as I could see, no scan-in, no cameras, no doorman. Nothing to stop me from walking right- Hey buddy. Perched right out of sight, behind a counter which once upon a time was probably a mailroom and was now a server farm, was the rough-looking, thin, wiry man in maintenance coveralls and sunglasses. Hey, buddy. I'm talking to you. Don't you avoid eye contact like that. Hey. Hey. I can tell you heard me. Uh, hi. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you here. Do you live here? Because I would know if you lived here. No, no, no. I do not. Uh, I was only visiting someone. And did he ring you in? Just send him a chime. He'll ring you in. No, no, it's a, it's a surprise. And how were you planning on getting in? She gave me her key. Hmm, she gave you her key when you told her you wanted to surprise her. Well, that's nice. So, uh, what's your name? Um, Tom. Tom. So, you got a last name, Tom? Uh, yeah, Tom Mar... Lynn. Tom Marlin. Yeah, that sounds like a real name. Well, Tom Marlin... Your female companion is waiting for your surprise visit, so I'd go ahead and head on up there. You seem flustered, Tom Marlin. She just didn't mention anything about having a doorman. Or rather, she did, but in the negative sense. As in, you know, don't expect a doorman. I don't have one. I'm not a doorman, Tom Marlin. I just, uh, I look after the place. I pressed the button to call the elevator. It was one of the old manual lateral elevator systems. The key was carved in a way that when you put it in, it told the elevators where in the building you were going, down to the exact room. Instead of hallways, this building had horizontal elevator shafts. Elevators which dropped you off at your room. No buttons to push or anything. Just looks after the place was watching me the whole time. I stepped in and he was finally out of sight. Hey detective. Yeah, you told me to call if Insert your key now. Destination. Apartment 4G. He said his name was Tom Marlin. Shit. No doubt you wonderful podcast listeners are pretty familiar with theme parks. You know the ones, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Orlando Resort. Well, I am here to tell you about touringplans.com, where you can be even more an expert at theme parks. Wait, is more an expert a phrase? 
I don't know, whatever. We have crowd calendars that will tell you when to go to the parks and our featured touring plans, which tell you which rides to ride in what order. You can even personalize them, adding your own dining reservations, fast passes, whatever you want. And they are only at touringplans.com. Now back to Murder in Progress, Chapter 3. Now arriving at apartment 4G. I was never a whiz kid at what the British call maths, but I was trying to calculate the probability that I had just stepped foot into a slow motion trap. Like a bear trap. But instead of it snapping quick, it slowly clamps shut around the bear leg. But the bear can't move or get away, so it just has to sit there watching it. I could empathize with that bear. But I also had an apartment to search. Luckily, the floor space was a bit on the Spartan side, along with the decor, furniture, really the whole chi of the place could use some work one bedroom slash, well, everything else. There were about half a dozen desks, or tables, or workbenches. Really, by this point it was impossible to tell what was under there. I started with the one that had the tallest pile of objects, thinking it was probably the most recent at its outer strata, and possibly the oldest at its gooey nougaty center. I had moved aside a couple sheets of scrap aluminum, and there it was. Okay, I didn't know what it was, but I did remember it. It was a small box the security guard had on his desk, complete with a Stute logo and everything. I was taking a wild guess that these weren't normally issued to tour guides to keep at home. Eve was squirreling one away to keep tabs on... something. After pouring her heart out about Dr. Last, she was remarkably evasive about the late Mr. Crawford. Whatever it was she was worried about him working on, she'd found a way to keep track of it. (gasps) What was that? There was no way it could be the police. The response time wasn't that quick, especially in this part of town. I peered out the people and couldn't see anyone in the hallway. The knocking had turned to a whirling now. What the hell was going on? I threw open the door and looked outside. No one's out here. The sound is quieter than in the apartment. I go back in the room. It's coming from the kitchen area. Suddenly, the door on the built-in oven falls off. Out of the hole where the oven was rolls a... a jeeper? Eve? Eve, is that you? The jeeper kind of cocked its head and looked at me. Hi, sorry, lost the connection for a minute. Uh, can you please check the... Eve, Eve, can you hear me? Keep it by the door. Eve, Eve, I'm only getting every other word. The jeeper started rolling itself over towards the door. It raised itself up. There was a screw hanging out of the wall next to the door. A place you might hang your keys or something. If your place didn't have biometrics, and also you were a hobo who ate your dinner out of a tin can while hitching a ride on a freight train headed to Yuma. Mission failed. Object not found. Waiting for further instructions. Oh, wait. What did the pilot say? It can't find something. It said mission failed. Okay. Uh, I think I got it. I'm having to do a full search. You think this mindless Uncle Bolt can find what you're looking for? Considering you're the other option, I'll take my chances. What are you looking for? My key card. It's always on the hook. Losing connection. Eve, Eve, can you hear me? The robot continued methodically searching the apartment. It picked up every piece of junk in the room and compared it to whatever description Eve had given it. It held up a piece of white plastic. No. Eve, how long is this going to take? The police are coming. What? I said shit. How do you know? The guy downstairs called them. You know, the doorman? But I don't have a doorman. Whatever he is, they are coming. The jeeper picked up another piece of white plastic. No, 
What are you doing? I'm looking out the window to see if Progress Security is here. The entrance to the building is on the other side. Go over there to the right. Secret kiosk. I looked over in the other corner and saw yet another dusty old kiosk. There must have been a half dozen of them around the room. This one was larger, gray, like some sort of rectangular obelisk. I moved the trackball and it sprang to life. The jeeper was still on the other side of the room, taking apart the third largest pile of junk piece by piece. Click on the overhead view of the building. Click on the overhead. I scrolled through my options. Is there a password? A fingerprint on the kiosk trackball. I added you to the system from here. You added me? Where did you get my fingerprints? You touch everything in your apartment, right? Okay, okay. Overhead view. Well, I'll be damned. I could see what was apparently a live stream of the building from the viewpoint of a bird who was hovering. I guess like a hummingbird? But flying high. Do hummingbirds fly that high? Anyway, it was from the top looking straight down. And in front of the building was pulling up... Damn it! What is it? Progress security. The jeeper held up a faded yellow keycard. No, that's the old one. It's here. What's here? It's not here. It's not here. What's not here? My keycard. It's gone. Someone stole it. How'd they get in here? I don't know. Same way I did, I guess. Through the oven? I don't know it was the oven specifically. They told me that Jeepers could only go in to swap out electronics. That was it. Do you want to rethink that position in light of current evidence? Eve, where is your keycard? I thought it was gone. This isn't really a surprise. If that's what you thought, why did you bring me here? Well, I have to make sure. Well, how are we getting out of here? I'm rolling out the back service corridor. Good luck. And what are you going to say if they stop you? Beep boop, I'm a robot. What are you going to say? I'm going to say there's someone very interesting in my apartment. If you'd like to come with me, officers. Oh, you wouldn't. I'm coming with you. The passages are 16 inches wide and 46 inches tall. You will not fit. Okay, here's what you need to do. And three times. And then to the left. Then put it for a second. That will take you to the back corridors, which they will be watching. You got it? Uh, one more time? Gotta go. And just like that, the jeeper was in the wall, screwing in the oven door from the back and out of my life. Hopefully forever. Okay, I didn't get much of what she said about the key in the door. But we're going to give it the old undergraduate four-year plus a victory lap try. Okay, step one, call the elevator. Check. So far, so good. Step into the elevator, insert the key. She said three times, and then to the left? I think so, and we're going with that. Boom. 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 To the right, and then to the left. Ah, success. Probably. Ah, we'll find out. Okay, so we've gone to the left, we've gone to the right... There's no third direction, unless I'm missing something. Unless I remove the key, it... It's stuck. It's stuck! Dang it! I smacked the controls. Oh! That worked! Destination. Utility corridor. I figured in about 45 seconds or so, this door in front of me was going to open, and, with any luck, it would be at the service corridor, which would lead me out the back way into the opposite street where progress security wasn't. Now, if I got lucky, and there weren't any cameras in the building like Eve told me, and that the I'm-not-a-doorman man's memory and descriptive abilities for faces wasn't on par with the Kodak Instamatic, I would slip away like the... the something on the wind. I was still working on the end of that metaphor when the elevator stopped. Now, each one of those things I mentioned individually was reasonably likely. 
But if I knew anything about statistics, it is that a whole lot of likely things all happening at once was as unlikely as a single unlikely thing. I'm not saying the plan was foolproof. Full resistant, maybe. As the doors open, I leapt against the wall. I could see the very corner of the room, and whatever it was, it wasn't the lobby. I stepped out of the elevator into a dim gray hallway lit only by flickering fluorescent bulbs. I had never seen this happen in progress. Most of our electricians were far too competent. The further down the hallway I got, the more the hallway smelled like... <laughs> burning hair? I wound my way to what looked like an exit. If there was an illuminated sign above it, it had burned out a year ago. I pushed slightly on the door. It didn't budge. There was a crash bar, but it looked like one of those particularly noisy ones. This was going to be a one-way trip, and taking it slow and steady wasn't going to win the race. I reached into my jacket pocket and felt the outline of my dime gun. As I pushed the door open, sunlight streamed in. It took me a second for my eyes to readjust. I felt the wind on my face and a loud whirring sound. I blinked a few times. It wasn't the wind. I was in an office and there was one of those old-fashioned fans pointed at my face. It was either one of those motion-activated kinds or whoever was in here had only just left and hadn't bothered to turn it off. I looked around the room. Either that cigar in the ashtray was one of those self-lighting, motion-activated kinds, or whoever was smoking it had just left. <coughs> Probably the second option made more sense. The fan seemed to be there to vent the smoke into the grate that must have led back to the hallway. This was the not-a-doorman's office. Or someone's office. Or bedroom, maybe? This was a room which had things in it and whose exact identity and owner were difficult to piece together when your main goal at the moment was leaving I, that room. I, I, I'm, I, no, no, that's fine. I, I heard a voice outside. There. I couldn't go out the door. And whoever had been smoking that cigar could be coming back here at any time, so I couldn't stay. Right. <laughs> the hallway only led back to the elevator. Again, I... I looked out the window. Ah, damn it. Okay. It was about a half story up in the air, maybe six, seven feet. And below that was a set of very poorly maintained bushes. Maybe, just this once, I was the jumping out of windows kind of detective. I unlatched the window, pulled it up, squeezed half my body through, and... Oh, I landed on my left side. I couldn't remember the recommendation for which part of your body to land on in this situation, but right now, I was thinking the left side was not the ideal option. I took some inventory. I don't think anything was broken. Well, on me, at least. The hedge bush I fell on had seen better days. I rolled over onto the pavement and scanned the street. If someone was around, I sure didn't see them. I brushed myself off and started hobbling away. Oh, okay, not using that foot today. Whew. I started walking away from the building, thinking if I could just get two streets over, I'd be home free. Or at least, free to go home. I turned a corner and saw a bench. It was some sort of public transportation station. I don't know what sort of transportation option picked you up or dropped you off here, but right now, that was my bench. Ooh. I sat down and looked up at the sign. It was a bus stop. I didn't even know they had buses here. Hallelujah and praise the name of Buckminster Fuller. Oh, a bus was coming. I've never been so happy to see a bus. I've never been happy to see a bus. Excuse me. What? Uh, sorry, lady, I didn't see you there. You have a branch in your hair. Yes, it's what we young people do. Tom 
Marlin, is it? Sorry, I think you have the wrong person. I'm with Progress Security. I'm going to need you to come with me. I think I just missed my bus. This episode of The World of Tomorrow is written and directed by Benjamin Lancaster. Tim Less is voiced by Brian Balance. Eve Moore is Callie Wills. The manager of the Temple of Heaven is played by Jacqueline Thomas. Liam Crawford is Jerry Skids. The not-a-doorman is Jake Ramos, and the policewoman at the bus stop is Teresa Hugh. The voice of the Jeepers is Christopher Cologne. The chime voice is Jacqueline Thomas. Associate producer, Naomi Addison. Music by Trash Chan, Zotair Zeta. The Temple of Heaven music is Aboro 2 by Perry Tune. The score to the World of Tomorrow can be heard at prototypeworldoftomorrow.bandcamp.com. Creator, producer, and showrunner, Benjamin Lancaster. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to your podcast platform of choice and give us a five-chime review. And support our sponsors like this week's sponsor, touringplans.com. The World of Tomorrow is copyright 2020, just ahead in a jar, LLC.